You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Tuesday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes you and I to prosper you and I to win in life. So good to have you with us. Tag a friend. Let them know that we're live on Facebook. You can get us on YouTube. You can also go to Mike Moore Ministries. And at the end of this year, we're going to be transferring transferring over to Mike Moore Ministries. Now, listen, I want to welcome all of you that are with us right now. Let somebody know that we're beginning a new series today. This is going to be our our final series for this year. Here's where we're going. I'm going to begin a new series. It's going to last four sessions. Then my wife is going to come on, and then she's going to share a couple of sessions because she has a new book coming out on prayer and confession. And I'm telling you, it is going to be outstanding. So she'll talk a little bit about that. And in the month of December, we're going to take a a break from our Tuesday podcast and Thursday podcast so we can get ready for the new year. And we'll start back out on that Tuesday uh, of the new year and that Thursday of the new year. And we're going to take off. Our emphasis is going to be a little bit different. We're going to be doing a lot of teaching on leadership, leadership. So all the leaders and everybody, if you're a Christian, you're called to be a leader. We're going to be talking about leadership. So we're going to be getting ready during the the month of December to get ready for that. But listen, we're going to begin a series today for a lesson series entitled Real Love. Real Love. This is our first episode our scriptural text is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. The A part of the first part of the verse, it says that love never fails. Come on, say that. Love never fails. Come on, let's say it one more time. Love never fails. This is a powerful text. But I want to give some balance to it because we're going to be looking at love and love has to do with our relationships. So listen at this. Since relationships are team oriented, then it takes both individuals or all parties to commit to real love so that the relationship doesn't fail. But listen, even if if you're trying, you're, you're walking in the love of God, the real love, I don't care what happens. God is not going to let you personally fail. He's just not going to let you fail. Now, this word love, come on, say love. Everybody like the word love. Love, I think, is one of the most misunderstood words in the human language. Not only is the word love misunderstood, but it is misused and overused. You see it all the time on sitcoms. You see it in the movies. We all like the word love. But what is is it? Is it real love? Now, listen at this. My objective in this series 
is to help you or assist you in understanding what real love is. Real love is and how to distinguish it from counterfeit love. You see all the hurt that people are experiencing, whether it be parent-child relationships, spouse relationships, whether it be co-worker relationships, whether it be student-teacher or student-student relationships. Listen, all this hurt that we see and maybe we've experienced is not real love. You see, there's two kinds of love in the world. There is God's love, and there's the world's love. I'll give you a pr proof text as it relates to God's love. Jeremiah 31, verse 3, in the New King James Version, the scripture says that the Lord said, the Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Come on, say everlasting. Come on, say everlasting. Real love is everlasting. I'm getting all happy about this because I know it's going to bless your life. Whether you be married, whether you be single, you want real love. You don't want counterfeit love. But let's look at the world's love because there's God's love, real love that's everlasting. But there's the world's love, Matthew 24, 12. And the New King James Version says, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. The love of many will grow cold. We have two things in juxtaposition. We have real love, God's love, that's everlasting. And then we have a love that the world offers, and the Bible says that it can grow cold. Now, I'm in my 41st year of pastoring. I'll be transitioning out at the end of December. It'll be 41 years and eight months. And if you add the year I pastored another church, it's 42 years and eight months. I've seen a lot in, in my journey as a pastor. I've seen a lot in churches. I've seen a lot in people and how they relate to their in their marriages. I've seen a lot in how parents relate to their children. I've seen a lot uh, of how siblings relate to each other. I've seen a lot. And it's just absolutely amazing how you can witness people who communicate love and I've seen I've seen people married and and you go to the wedding and it is just I've never I've never seen an ugly wedding uh, an ugly couple an ugly ceremony it's all beautiful and I've seen those same couples fight it out in in court and the the, the what was love is now cold. It's coldness. I've seen people who were close friends and, and yet now they're cold toward one another. I've seen church members who, who were walking 
in the things of God and now they are cold. You see, the world's uh, love grows cold. Now, it's real love, and that's what we're going to be talking about. It. I, I, I'm having a hard time containing myself. I do have my iPad here if you want to ask any questions, because we're going to get really deep in this thing. But it is real love that distinguishes the committed Christian from others. It, now, listen how I said that. It is real love that distinguishes or the distinctive trait of a committed Christian. Notice I didn't say Christians because Christians can be mean. You hear me? I said Christians can be mean. But the only reason a, a Christian, someone whose nature has been changed, uh, acts mean, talks mean, reacts in a mean way, is because they're walking in the world's love. It's not real love. The distinctive trait of the committed Christian, the badge of the believer, the true believer in the word is real love. John 13, 35, Jesus says, and by this all will know that you're my disciples, my disciplined ones. How? If you have love, that's real love, one toward another. Now, this is a four-lesson series. Each one of these lessons, I'm going to have a subtopic. Our major topic is real love, real love. But our subtopic for today, and each one of these four lessons will have a subtopic. Our subtopic for today is that real love is unconditional, but not codependent. Real love is unconditional, but it is not codependent. Now, let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Good to have you, Felicia. Good to have you, Janice. Good to have you, Vanessa. So glad to have you with us, Punchy. Good to have you. Let's talk about this real love is unconditional. Notice the balance of it. It's unconditional on one hand, but it's not codependent. And we're going to learn what that means in this session. Well, it's unconditional. Romans 5, 6 through 10, we see God's love is unconditional. I want you to make a note of verse 6 through 10, Romans 5, 6 through 10. I want to take three of those verses, highlight the sixth verse, the eighth verse, and the tenth verse. It says, for when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now notice that, Christ died for the ungodly, not the godly, the ungodly. Verse 8 says, but God demonstrated his love toward us, his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, notice he didn't wait till we received him. He didn't wait till we uh, embraced and, and, and confessed him as Lord. The Bible says that he died while we were still sinners. Verse 10 says, for if we were enemies, 
we were reconciled to God when we were enemies, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now, when you look at these three verses, verse 6, 8, and 10, you see the word ungodly, sinners, and enemies. And in all three of these verses, we see that God in Christ died for us when we were ungodly, sinners, and enemies. That's unconditional love. So let's break this down. Let's break down this thing about unconditional, and then we'll move over into uh, codependency. And what, what that, does that mean? And can we put that in practical terms? Now let's define unconditional. I gave you the proof text. Let's define unconditional. Hey, Lestine, my daughter, good to have you with us. Lillian, good to, hey, Marion, Natasha, good to have you with us. Now, let's talk about this unconditional part of love. It's unconditional, but it's not codependent. Unconditional, but not codependent. We're looking at the first part is unconditional. Now, watch this. Unconditional means it's not dependent on the other person's character. Your love, if it's real love, is not dependent on others' character. It is unconditional, secondly, in that it is not dependent on the person's response. No strings attached. Thirdly, unconditional means that my love, your love, real love, is not dependent on my feelings, how I feel. Now, I've been married for 44 years, and I love that girl. I love my wife. Her nickname is Pete. I love her, but I always feel it. I mean, I, I love her, but I don't always feel that love. Sometimes I feel something a little different than it, okay, <laughs> than the Lagoo stuff, and that's just real, real life, okay? And it's true of her. I know she loves me, but she doesn't always feel it. Sometimes you feel the opposite. Now listen at this, but real love is not dependent on how I feel. Real love is not dependent on the circumstances. It's not circumstantial. Now let's look at this. Real love is not dependent on the character of the person. The person can have great character. I'm going to love you if you have great character. Person may have bad character, but I'm going to love you if you have bad character. The person may not respond in the way I think they should respond. In fact, they may respond in a negative way or they may not respond at all, but I'm going to love them anyway. I'm going to love them if it's real love, whether I feel it or not, because sometimes we don't always feel it. But real love is not dependent on that. And it's not circumstantial. You know, you, you, my circumstances is good. Everything is going on good in my life. You know what? I, I, I love you. No, 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 no. When you put God in the context of unconditional, think about it. Our character was bad. 
think about it. We didn't initially respond. I didn't initially respond when God was drawing me to himself. In fact, I didn't even want God. In fact, I told God, listen, listen, don't save me my senior year. I got stuff I got to do. Don't save me my senior year of college. I didn't want God. Think about it. Some of us, we didn't want God. We wanted the world, but his love was consistent. It wasn't based on how we responded. I'm quite sure God got ticked off at us sometimes, but he continued to keep his arms open to us, and it wasn't circumstantial. His love was unconditional. Now, listen to this. Listen to this. Come on, nod your head if you're getting something. Wave your hand if you're getting something. Smile if you're getting something out of this. Frown if you're getting something out of this. Now, listen to this. That means to me that real love is consistent. I mean, it's just consistent. It's consistent. So when I'm walking in real love, I am going to be consistent. You're going to be consistent because it's not dependent on the other person, their character, their response. It's not even dependent on your feelings. So I see Christians, I see, listen, I've been in this church business for 40 some years, man. I am in the sheep business. I watch my congregation. I watch people. And, and sometimes I see so much inconsistency. We would call it moodiness, you know, today. We want to talk today. We don't want to talk today. We want to be bothered. Another day, we don't want to be bothered. No, no, real love is just consistent because I'm not dependent on you. It's real love in me. If you're walking in real love, you're very consistent. You know, you're predictable because it's real. Come on, say real love. Now, we got to, we got to, I got I to gotta give you a balance to this, and then we're going to get over in this codependency thing. And, and listen, I wish I had all day, but I don't have all day to share this with you, Karen. Uh, you, I know you're getting some out of this birthday, but I want you to listen at this. Here's the balance. Here's the balance. Right before I get to codependency, here's the balance. Because I really love you, real love. I don't need you, watch this now, to love me back in order for me to have worth, value, happiness, and enjoy success. Now watch this. If it's real love, I don't need you to love me back. I don't need you to love me back. Now watch this. For me to have worth and value and enjoy success. No, I don't need you to love me back for me to have worth. And so many Christians, they think is they're walking in real love, but it's not real love. It's counterfeit love. God doesn't need us to love him back for him to have worth and him to have value and for him to be successful. He doesn't need that. Now watch this. I love you. I really love you, but I don't need you so that I can be whole. I don't need you to, in order for me to be whole. No, I'm going to love you, and it's real love, 
but your love for me doesn't make me whole. I don't need you to be whole. Come on, listen to me singles now. You don't need somebody else to be whole. You may want companionship. You may want relationship. You may want somebody to share your life. That is great. That's a good motivation. But you don't need a person outside of you to be whole. I give you my love. Now, listen to this. I'm going to give you my love, but I can give you my love without giving you my life. I can give you my love without giving you my life. Talking about real love. Real love, I love you. Now, I'm talking about me, but I'm talking about you too. You love me, and it's real love. I love you, but you're not my world. Did you hear that? And I'm not through with that statement. I love you, but you are not my world. Now, you may be a part of my world. You may even be a valuable part of my world. But you are not my world because I'm walking in real love. You're not my world. In other words, no one outside of God should be your world. You know, you, you, sometimes couples, when they're in love, you know, they dating or whatever, they meant, you're my world. Well, Peter's not my world. My wife is not my world. My wife is a part of my world. My wife is a valuable, a really, really valuable person in my world, but not my world. In other words, when you're walking in, in real love, no one outside of you is the source of your worth, the source of your value, the source of your happiness, but God. Ooh, that's good. High five me. Come on, high five me. If you agree with that, let me see. You agree with that? What you're saying in the chat? I'm looking at, oh, powerful pastor. That's true. Oh, okay. Help us out, pastor. Okay, what are you saying in the chat? Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. And you can even disagree with what I'm saying. You can disagree. Say it again. Say it again. That That is not an expression. That is an expression worth saying. Say it again. Say it again. Okay, listen. No one outside of God should be your world. So stop telling people that. Don't tell people you're my world. Now, that person may be a part of your world. That may be, person may be a valuable part of your world. But what if that person dies? What if that, for whatever reason, there's a breakup in your relationship? That relationship dissolved. Then your world dissolves, which leads us to Real love is unconditional, but it's not codependent. Let's talk about codependency. And as we talk about code, you with me? Oh, I see you, Alexis. You said, I'm with you when you're right. Okay, okay, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. God is my world. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Now watch this. Let's look at codependency, and I'm going to give you some, some terms as it relates to codependency, because sometimes what Christians and others are calling love is codependency. Okay, let's look at this. Codependency, and I'm going to define it with terms, codependency 
is savior addiction. Savior addiction. Now, that is savior addiction is an excessive need to be needed. And sometimes parents have an excessive need to be needed. Now, this word, savior addiction, was coined in the 70s, and it described a family member living with an alcoholic, a family member living with an alcoholic. The alcoholic is dependent on alcohol, and the codependent family member is dependent on being needed. Got it? The alcoholic is dependent on alcohol. The codependent family is dependent on being needed. And that's not real love. This excessive need that we have to be needed. Sometimes parents, they won't allow their kids to grow up because they have an excessive need to be needed. You should be able to move on and you should have a life after your kids grow up. You should have a personal life. And it's, you see what you, some of you parents have made the mistake. You made your children, your world, your world. So you don't want your world to leave. You don't want your world to grow up. You don't want your world to get married. You don't want your world to move because you have an excessive need to be needed. Codependency is love addiction, love addiction. In other words, my identity is in another person. I have to have the other person in order to live. I have to have the other person in order to be happy. Now, if you're saying right now, I'm not happy because I don't have him or I don't have her in my life, then, and you may be thinking that's real love. That's not real love. That's a love addiction. Your identity is in another person. That other person is why you live. It, that other person is what or uh, who makes you happy in life. And I'm not happy in life because I don't have this person. That's not real love. That's a real addiction. Oh, how I need this word. Thanks for freeing me up, Pastor. Oh, somebody, somebody here. I love my twins, but Lord knows I live now so when they get older, it won't be so difficult. Go ahead on. Much needed information. Now, let, let me give you another, another term. Codependency is enabling behavior. It's enabling behavior. Let's talk about enablers. Let's talk about enablers. And what you need to do is you need to be evaluating yourself because we're going to walk in this real love. Listen, we're going to walk in this and then people going to see that we're Christ disciples. We're not the disciple of people. We're not the disciple of the church. We're not the disciple of Reverend so-and-so and Pastor Mike. We know, no, we disciples of Jesus. We are Jesus disciples. Now watch this. 
Codependency is enabling behavior. Say that. Codependency is enabling behavior. I want you to be evaluating yourself. Enablers compromise their own convictions and values to please others. Enablers compromise their own values, their own convictions to please somebody else. You're trying to please somebody else. You, you know it's not consistent with your value system. You know it's not consistent with, with, with your convictions, but you want to please them. So in order to please them, you compromise your convictions and your values. Enablers try to fix other problems at their own detriment. I see that a lot. I've seen that a lot. Others trying to fix others, people's problem, and it's pulling them down at their own detriment. It's pulling them down emotionally. It's pulling them down financially. I think there's a book out. I forgot the title, but it was like loving you is hurting me. I'm not sure that's the that's the full title of it, but I think I think that's where some people are in their relationship. My loving you is hurting me. Now, when you're loving someone else is hurting you, you are an enabler. And it's not real love. We calling things real love. It's not love, baby. It's not love, sir. It's not. Listen at this. Enablers won't draw lines or boundaries and they allow people to continue in the destructive path. That's not real love. Real love draws boundaries. Listen, I'm like this. I, I've always been like this. I'll help you. You know, I'll help you. I want to help people. I love people. I am a giver, but I am not, I am not going to not have boundaries. If I see you don't want help, I see you not making adjustments in your life, I'm not going to keep doing it. I'm just not. And somebody said, well, well, that's the way that, you know, you, you know, see, that ain't real. No, what you're doing is counterfeit because Jesus had boundaries. The real Jesus, if you read the old, the New Testament, the Gospels, he had boundaries. He would help people, but people who didn't want to help, who didn't want to help themselves, Jesus didn't spend all that time with that. He didn't spend all that time. Some people, you're not drawing boundaries. You're letting people to continue in their destructive behavior. It's not real love. Enablers protect others from painful consequences that could motivate them to change. I'm going to say that again. Come on, say that. Say that again. Come on, say it again. Questions I had all my life. Thanks, Pastor. Freedom. Uh-oh. Look like we answered some questions. True. It does not pay off. Ooh-wee, somebody said. Okay, that's good. You're right, Pastor. Mm. Now, you may disagree, and it's all right to disagree. I got some, I got not a question, but a good statement. What do you do if you have a parent that is codependent? Okay, okay, we're going to get to that. I see you with me. I see you feeling me. Now, watch this. Enablers 
protect others from painful consequences that could motivate them to change. Now that's not real love. There's the, there's consequences to every decision. Consequences. Now, when people are operating in destructive behavior or, or, or they're consistently behaving in a wrong way, if we protect them from the consequences, we're enabling them to continue in that path. Sometimes, not all the time, sometimes painful consequences will motivate people to change. Now, watch, I give you an illustration. A parent who is spending, watch this, more money, say more money, is spending more money to get a, a child out of jail, <laughs> pardon me, a child out of jail again. Come on, say again. A, a parent spending more money, come on, say more money, to get a child out of jail, come on, say again, again. Okay, now. Again, it's enabling behavior. Everybody make mistakes. Everybody needs some mercy. Everybody needs some help. I'm not saying throw your kids away. Sometimes they just make a dumb decision, uh, but they need some grace and some mercy. Okay. But a person now that's consistently doing the wrong thing and you are paying for it, you know, you, you actually losing resources because you're trying to keep them on the right path. Now, I am saying that that's not real love. That's enabling behavior because sometimes you have to let that person, now notice again, again, and again, sometimes you have to let that person sit in jail and maybe the painful consequences can motivate them to change. A spouse tolerating ongoing infidelity. Everybody make mistakes. Sometimes people get fleshly. Sometimes people get tempted. Sometimes people make a mistake. Okay. Grace, mercy. I've seen it in my counseling sessions. I've seen people, one commit adultery and, and, and they have to go through all this stuff, but they work it out, man. They work that thing out uh, and, and, and repent and get together and all that. And they go about their business. But I've seen some other stuff where people just keep, they can't keep the pants up, can't keep the bloomers up or whatever, whatever it is. You know, I know they don't use the term bloomers no more, but you know, I'm just saying that for effect. Okay. And they're doing that all the time. And here you are just letting a person commit adultery over and over. And you say, well, I love them. No, that's not real love. That's counterfeit love. That's enabling behavior. But see, we don't want to tell people that because we want to wrap them, bind them to the law of hate divorce. But the law also hates infidelity too. Got it? Okay, now watch this. I'll close with this. Codependency is misplaced dependency. Or we could literally say it's idolatry. When you depend on someone and they have an emotional deficit. They have no capacity to meet your need, but you're going to depend on them. That's misplaced dependency. Could be called idolatry. When you 
allow a person to take the place of God, that's not real love. That's counterfeit love. That's idolatry. When a person becomes suicidal, and I've seen this, suicidal over a broken relationship, an exchange relationship, a lost relationship, when a person now is suicidal because the, the relationship is broken, because the relationship is exchanged, or because the relationship is lost, and now you are suicidal, I don't mean to be harmful or hurtful, but I just got to tell you the truth, is not real love. Because real love would love yourself, real love would love God, and real love would trust God is going to take me because it's God that gives me worth. It's God that gives me value. It's God that's the true source of my happiness. People are just icing on the cake. That's what people are. People are not the cake. They're just icing on the cake. You want to have some icing, though, but it, the cake is God, okay? We need people. We want people, but people do not give us value. They do not give us worth. They are not the source of our happiness because if they're the source of our happiness, if they die or they go in a different direction, then we're not going to be happy. And then we're going to want to die. Why? Because the relationship was lost. So I have no other reason to live because the relationship was lost when it was never real love. It was idolatry. Wow. Wow. Woo. 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 I don't know whether I help you, but I, you know, woo. 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 Let me see what I got up here. Can't keep their bloomers up. Now that you, you want to, you said that again. You said that. Um, life experiences can teach us not being enablers. The Lord hates infidelity. What else we got? If a person keeps forgiving their spouse for adultery, that's abuse. I agree. I agree with you. God is the cake. Okay. Okay. People are the icing. Amen. All right. Good word. Wow. Great teaching, Pastor. Yes, you helped us, Pastor. Amen. I got a, a question or comments here, and I want to look at this. Uh, for a moment as we close, what do you do if you have a parent that is codependent? Well, you, you have to make some tough decisions. You have to make some tough decisions because enabling a parent that's codependent is not real love. Because really, they shouldn't be dependent or codependent in relationship to you. They're dependence it should be in God so you've got to make some tough decisions and sometimes we make tough decisions and we think that's not love but real love is making tough decisions because you know the parent is codependent so you got to do some confrontation some talking some communication and then you got to make a decision that you already know you need to make uh, what steps do you take to overcome being an enabler? Understanding, great question, understanding what real love is and choosing it over enabling behavior, choosing it 
over enabling behavior because see you're all you're enabling because you're choosing to be an enabler well i'm going to show you in these four lessons what real love is and you start choosing it you start choosing it and guess what once you begin to choose it real love and we we distinguish it you're going to see what counterfeit is you're going to see what real you got to choose now as you choose the grace of god is going to kick in to help you to carry out that decision but you have to make the choice now i'm a single parent and received the wisdom early that my daughter wasn't and isn't my world some people criticize me for being harsh when i would tell them that after they made the statement that she was my, my world, and I told them she wasn't. Well, you know, listen, others are not, remember, most people are not walking in real love. So sometimes when you make statements and make decisions that's consistent with real love, some people, because they're not walking in it, it may have some challenges with it. But remember what Jesus said? Jesus says, this is how the world going to know you're my disciples, which tells me most of the world, and unfortunately, most of the Christian world is not walking in real love, but you're the light of the world and you're going to walk in real love. I was an enabler before, but when I left my son in jail, God saved him in in uh the Mobile County Metro Jail in Mobile. Glory to God. Listen, that's exactly what I'm talking. You left him in jail and God saved him in jail. And there's a good chance if you had got him out of jail, he may not have gotten saved because sometimes it's the painful consequences that can motivate us to change. Now think about that. Painful consequences. Letting people experience painful consequences can be real love think about that it can be real love and so what we're calling love is not really real love but we got three more sessions to go listen three more sessions to go and i believe it's going to be a blessing i look forward to seeing you next tuesday and thursday i'm going to begin well actually i'm going to com complete a series on the uh, god of abundance this thursday and then i'm going to uh, uh, begin a series on debt cancellation, and I believe it's going to be blessed you know, on Thursday. I look forward to seeing you. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your responses. Thank you so very much. I love you, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>